It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always the little things, and and that's where we have to put the focus as the Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz, but it's not... The big play is the plays that come before. Always is, always will be. And this Orlando Magic team is still searching for some of those big plays all the time. We're going to dive into a loss to the Utah Jazz. We'll get to it coming up here on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 14th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz, and they fell to the Utah Jazz on one big play, but several big plays that came before it. How the Orlando Magic kind of get themselves right and find consistency we're going to dive into that coming up on today's episode. Before we do any of that, though, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Before we get into this episode, um, I just want to apologize to my YouTube watchers, YouTube viewers, I don't know what, what they call it, but if you consume this podcast on YouTube, I want to apologize for Friday's episode uh, not, deliver, not delivering in full. I decided to publish the whole thing um, just because something's better than nothing, and I think I got most of the first point that I was trying to make um, in there. Uh, so at least gives you a taste of what I was trying to say. Uh, just a reminder to all my listeners, we post this, we post the video to YouTube. We also post the audio to our megaphone account. So it gets out to all the podcast uh, outlets and providers. 
So if something ever happens, I had a computer issue this a computer issue when I published the podcast this morning. Uh, the video was uh, somehow my video file got corrupted, um, but the audio was perfectly fine. Um, and so the whole audio podcast is available wherever you download podcasts. So for my YouTube listeners, the, the podcast should still be good. It's about the second quarter of the season, looking ahead to the third quarter of the season. Not impacted by tonight's game against the Utah Jazz at all. Um, so if you missed yesterday's episode or your YouTube watcher and you're like, where's the last 20 minutes of my Locked On Magic content? I need that Locked On Magic content, that sweet, sweet Locked On Magic content. Uh, you can find that wherever you download podcasts. Again, I'm here to, I apologize for, for the for the mix-up and for the error there. Uh, I, I'm actually getting ready. Um, I will make a more formal announcement when it happens, but I'll probably be taking uh, some time off um, because I have to send my computer in to get fixed. Uh, so there there may be a little bit of fallow period. I think it's going to be during the time off next week, so it'll at least not coincide with any games or anything like that. But uh, we'll, I'll still be available and still hopefully get some things out. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how much I'm able to do. But I just want to get that out there, just uh, acknowledge that uh, there's boo-boo on my end. Um, and, and tell you where to find the podcast. But let's dive into it because this game against Utah Jazz had everything. Um, I, I'm not good at coming up with Stefan everythings because I am not that kind of person, but uh, it had everything. Um, but the play everyone is focusing on is the one that came at the very, very end. The Magic trailed by one point after Franz Wagner missed a, a three-pointer um, that would have given the Magic the lead, uh, you know, obviously given them the lead, but was a quick three-pointer trying to play the two-for-one. The Magic fouled and sent Colin Sexton to the line. Um, Sexton proceeded to miss both free throws, and of course all you have to do at that point is get the rebound. But that is not what happened. Walker Kessler was able to get over the back of Mobamba. I don't think it was a foul, but the way this game was officiated, oh my God. Um, but Walker Kessler was able to dig out the rebound, Make make his free make two of at least two make one of his two free throws, get or make his two free throws, give Utah a three point lead, uh, and put the Magic in a position with about eleven seconds to go where they had to take a three. They didn't have to take a three, but they did end up taking a three. Franz Wagner's three was blocked by Laurie Markkinen. The Jazz were able to go to the other end, ice the game, and win the game one twelve to one hundred eight. All the chatter, as it always is, whenever there's a late-game gaffe like this, and, and look, Mo Bamba was not the only late-game gaffe here. The Magic had some bad defensive possessions after they rallied from a 12-point deficit with about five minutes to play to take the lead at one point and seesaw back and forth into the lead with the Jazz at the end of this game. Um, there were a lot of mistakes made. Uh, and that is... It, it, those mistakes become bigger when the game is on the line, when the game is in the balance, when the game is about to be decided. Um, look, the Magic should have gotten a rebound. You should get rebounds off of free throws. There's no excuse ever to give up an offensive rebound off a of free throw. That is just about effort, technique, and desire. Walker Kessler wanted to win this game more than any player on the court, both teams. Walker Kessler was everywhere all night. He set a tone defensively with the with the block shots that he had. Uh, the Magic were struggling to get to the line, struggling to even attack the paint because of Walker Kessler. He had seven blocks in the game. That dude affected the game in every way. And I, I you know, I was I didn't I was unsure if he had the mobility to play play that way because he did all this at Auburn too last year. I was unsure if he had the mobility to play this way in the NBA. He he does. So he shut up a lot of people. 
um, who wondered what his impact would be uh, on the NB- uh, on an NBA floor. And he is a, a true rim protector and, and someone that you have to account for and have to know how to attack and attack smartly. And frankly, the Magic didn't attack him smartly most of the night. But Kessler was everywhere. It wasn't just his block shots. He was rebounding like crazy and beating the Magic to loose balls. The, the Oche Obagi was beating the Magic to loose balls on several occasions. Laurie Markkinen, obviously, was beating the Magic to loose balls. As, as, as poorly as Orlando played and as poorly as Utah played, Utah out-rebounded Orlando 60-40 to in this game. It was not because of missed shots. What happened at the end of the game is a bad play. And it comes in a big spot, and it's easy to highlight that. But that was a bad play that happened throughout the course of the game. That was a bad play that was normal in this game. Because every time it felt like Orlando was about to kind of climb back in this game, they were playing uphill all game long because they had a poor first defensive first quarter, poor offensive first quarter, to be perfectly honest. Um, they were climbing uphill all game long. Every time it felt like Orlando was about to climb up over that hill, Utah would get a turnover. Orlando would take a bad three-pointer. They'd get a blocked shot. They'd get an offensive rebound, get a second chance, bury a three, and make that five-point deficit an eight-point one, or a six-point deficit a nine-point deficit. Orlando was really, really struggling to find their center uh, and find themselves in this game, and Utah was simply the more aggressive team. Look, Utah deserved to win this game. We could complain about the officiating, and it was inconsistent as hell. It was it was a really inconsistent game officiating-wise. Orlando couldn't get to the line, even though they were getting plenty of contact. One of Walker Kessler's blocks was a goal 10. It, it's, it's not up for debate. It hit one a Franz Wagner shot early in the first quarter, hit the backboard. Walker Kessler cleaned it up, cleaned it up after cleaned it up after that. Um, should have been called a goal 10. Instead, it was just a foul, and Wagner ended up missing both free throws. And, and honestly, that play perfectly encapsulates this game. Walker Kessler makes a great energy play. The officials called a, made a bad call against the Magic, uh, not in the Magic's favor. And the Magic didn't take advantage of it anyway. Um, that, 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 that play honestly like encapsulates so much of this game. And it's not that Franz Wagner did, because Franz Wagner was fantastic throughout the course of the game. But this was just Utah being the ones in charge. I talked about this after Monday's loss to the Sacramento Kings. Orlando cannot be successful if they are not the aggressors. Orlando needs to be getting downhill, needs to be getting the paint. And we saw some of that throughout the course of this game. Orlando was down bad. They were down 11 with about five minutes to play. Down 11, 12 points with five minutes to play. And then all of a sudden, it all clicked into place. Uh, they defended well. They scrambled well. They got stops. They got turnovers. They got out in transition. They started hitting threes. The ball started moving in, out, to the foul, getting to the foul line, getting three-pointers. For the first maybe... For the, uh, for the first half of the second quarter when Orlando cut an 11-point deficit down to three... Uh, with their bench unit, the first three, four minutes of the third quarter when the Magic were just scrambling and flying around defensively to cut cut into the lead again. And then that final, you know, maybe from the five-minute, from the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter to about the minute-and-a-half mark of the fourth quarter, Orlando played this incredible basketball game with incredible effort, incredible energy, incredible attention to detail that cut into the lead and gave them a real chance to win this game. They were up one. So despite everything working against them, despite all the mistakes they made, they had a chance to win. And honestly, 
that is something. To, you know, they, Franz Wagner even said it after the game, we did not play our best game today. They still had every chance to win. And, and, and that's what makes the little things all the more important. That's what makes securing an offensive rebound all the more important. That's what makes taking a good three, because the Magic took some bad threes in this game, both in the first half when they fell behind and then in crunch time. You know, they might have been going for a two-for-one. Franz Wagner took an ill-advised three uh, with the Magic down by one. Not a good shot. Or, you know, it just, just, not, just not a good shot. It was a quick shot. They could have worked for a better shot. They had two timeouts. Like, it, it's... There's just a lot they could have done better. They were gunning for Terrence Ross a ton, and, and he missed open shots, to be perfectly honest. Or, and, or he didn't get open shots, or he didn't get open looks, because and the Magic were trying to force-feed it to him. This was a game of accumulated mistakes. It wasn't one big mistake. It was accumulated mistakes. And, and it's the kind of game that does make you think about what this team is missing. Because they don't have a Walker Kessler. They don't have a guy who is just a specialist, elite at something, and just does it at a really high level and gives a team, gives the whole team energy. Yeah, he didn't give you much offensively, but his shot block, his his blocks energize the crowd, energize this team. And Orlando is kind of looking for that energizer bunny a little bit. In the end, you know, it, you don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. As bad and as terrible as this loss feels, as bad and as terrible as this moment feels for the Magic, it's just one game. But the problem is, right now with this Magic team, we don't know what to expect night to night. And that's the part that has to change. And that's the part this team needs to figure out. We're going to look into that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you did listen to the full episode uh, from Friday, and again, available wherever you download podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, I don't just say that at the end of the show, that that's literally where the, where the show can be found. If you're if you're just a YouTube watcher, if you're listening on the podcast, hey, you get the full experience all the time anyways. Um, but if you listen to that show, you will know that my word for the third quarter of the season is, besides winning, is consistency. What I want to see from the Orlando Magic is to build winning consistently. To be a team that is able to put put wins together and play competitive basketball deep into the season. That's what I want to see. That's what's most important for this team to develop and grow in the way that they want to develop and grow. That's what matters for this Orlando Magic team is they have to find their consistency. What are they good at every single night? And as interesting as this team has been, this game is a perfect example of how this team is still lacking consistency and lacking, you know, maybe a little bit of a firm identity and a little bit of an established idea of what they're trying to do every night or what they hang their hat on. Jamal Mosley and everyone on the roster will tell you that they want to hang their hat on defense. And that has been the goal for a long time with this franchise, but that has been the goal for this group. And it's a goal that has had lots of fits and starts. And Friday's game against the Utah Jazz was no different. In one instance, the Magic looked like a defensive juggernaut, rotating and stopping uh, dribble penetration, scrambling keeping drivers from getting too deep in the lane with with early shows, with early help, scrambling out to to protect the three-point line, getting deflections with their length. It is very, very easy in in extended stretches, honestly, to see how good this team can be defensively and to see what this team's defensive potential could be. Then again, this team will go through long stretches where they can't keep anyone out of the lane where they foul a ton. Lori Markkinen took 21 free throws. That's five more than the entire Magic team. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Where they struggle to get offensive rebounds. The Magic are 13th in the league in defensive rebound, rebound rate. So it, I would hardly describe the Magic as a bad rebounding team. They're about league average. It's been dropping of late, but they're about league average in, in terms of rebounding. Having said that, They've had a lot of games where they give up a ton of offensive rebounds and second chance points. They've had a ton of games where they give up timely 
rebounds. Timely rebounds like the one they gave up at the end of this game Friday. The Magic are more than capable of rebounding and rebounding well. They're more than capable of defending and defending well. They're more than capable of doing a lot of things that good teams do. But right now, they are not doing them consistently. And again, this week is a great example of that. In Saturday's win over the Golden State Warriors, the Magic played perhaps their best defensive game of the year. I don't care who played or who wasn't playing for the Warriors that night. They were impressive defensively. They made Golden State a purely shooting, perimeter shooting team. No paint touches, no kickouts, just hoisting up threes. And that's a win for the Magic. They dominated that game. Their offense wasn't great. And they still won very comfortably in that, and on the road to open this road trip. Then you go to then you go to Monday night in Sacramento. They're giving up tons of paint penetration. They're giving up tons of open three pointers. And yeah, Sacramento hit some tough threes, but they gave up twenty six three pointers and just got absolutely worked. Then the next night in Portland, their defense is much more dialed in. They're playing with more energy, more urgency. The ball is zipping around the perimeter a lot better. They get critical stops, and yeah, on that last play, that mad scramble of a play, they give up two offensive rebounds, but they contest and challenge three-pointers to escape with the win. Having said that, they had their shaky moments on offense where they turned the ball over a lot, where they, you know, the, the starters dominated the game, the bench nearly gave it away. That was the reality of that game. And the reality of Friday's game against Utah was... Orlando struggled to contain Lori Markinen. They struggled to keep Walker Kessler off the boards. And despite some really brilliant defensive, defensive moments and offensive moments and plenty of signs that show that this team is capable of winning at a decently high level against a pretty decent team. Like Utah's still a 500 team in the West. Like they're, they're not going anywhere at this point. Despite all that, the Magic still made critical errors. And at, at the end of the day, you just didn't know what to expect from them. Here's the thing about Utah. Utah knows who they are. They shoot a lot of threes. And a big reason why Orlando came back in the game is Utah missed 11 consecutive threes in the second and early third quarters. Orlando deserves a lot of credit because of the way they contested the paint and defended the paint and contested those three-point shots. They are good enough to hold down team one of the best offensive teams in the league to a pretty reasonable number. But they couldn't do it all night. And when the stakes were the highest, they made some critical errors. Errors that they made throughout the course of the game. They didn't learn their lessons. The story of this next stretch of games or the story of this next quarter of the season is indeed consistency. Can the Magic do things consistently? Can they be a good rebounding team consistently? Can they be a paint-defending team consistently? Can they be an offensive team at all consistently? Can they make their shots consistently? Can they be consistent in the way that they approach and drive the lane and make plays and kickouts? They show moments of it all the time, and, and for longer stretch, longer and longer stretches, so that consistency is coming. But if the Magic want to accomplish the goals they want to accomplish, if the Magic want to be that surprise team in the play-in tournament this year, they've got to do it more consistently. And that's the word coming out of this loss to the Jazz. 
to simply be more consistent. We're going to go through the final box score for you real fast to end today's show. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from pro football to the NBA to college basketball and much more. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. You can still get your Rookie of the Year odds on Paolo Bancaro. Even after this game, he is still the prohibitive favorite. Sorry, Walker Kessler, as good as you are. Um, uh, You are not the favorite at this point. Uh, But you can still get that action if you want. You can look at the NFL games this weekend as well at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts too, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, so let's run through the final box score for you real fast. This is your Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz, 112-108. Um, look, let's get to the numbers, the numbers that matter. Fifty-nine. Uh, uh, Orlando's out-rebounded 59-40, to 60-40. Uh, I saw the count on, on there. Uh, Utah with 22 second chance points, only 7 for 15 on second chance points, but 17 offensive rebounds for Utah, 7 of them from Walker Kessler. Two from, Jordan, two from Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, uh, Oche Obaji, and Jared Vanderbilt each. Um, look, the seven offensive rebounds from Walker Kessler were killer. Uh, at the end of the day, though, Walker Kessler minus one on the plus-minus pool. Um, so, again, he was a major impactor in this game. That's This is where plus-minus doesn't tell you the whole story. Each of those offensive rebounds were, kill, were run killers. Obviously, there was the one at the end, but but... They were all run killers. He had seven blocks in the game. That was just a momentum killer. That was just a, 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 a those were just moments that that made the Magic doubt their attack and again lower their aggression levels and lower their their confidence levels shooting in the paint. That's such a key for this Orlando Magic team. Orlando still gets fifty points in the paint, but they shoot just twenty five for fifty two in the paint. If the Magic shoot, you know, kind of their regular percentage in the paint, you know, shooting sub fifty percent in the paint. That's not a winning formula. That's how you lose a lot of games. Having said that, 50 points in the paint kept the Magic in this one. They did make uh, they did make 14 threes. They did outshoot the Utah Jazz, which is a really impressive thing to do. Um, but they shoot just 42 for 96 overall. 36 of their 96 field goal attempts uh, from three-point land. 52 of 96 in the paint. They shoot their regular percentage in the paint. They they're If they're a little bit more aggressive, assertive in the paint, 
they very well might win this thing. And, and, and so again, you're looking at little margins. When, when you lose close games, like the Magic did here, they're losing games in the margins. You're losing games on these little things, on one play, one shot, one rebound, one free throw, one everything. Um, it, that's where things matter. Utah was sloppy in this one. They shot just 43.4% from the floor. They were able to attack the glass, but they turned the ball over 24 times for 24 Orlando points. That helped keep Orlando in the game too. Orlando had 26 fast break points, but just 10 for 21 on fast breaks as well. So again, there's just these little things that are just inconsistent that if the Magic are better, more attentive, more focused on, they get a win. It doesn't matter how poorly they played, they get a win. And that's really, again, such a key part of the story here for the Orlando Magic. They are led in scoring by Franz Wagner, 26 points, 10 for 20, shooting 5 for 10 from deep, 5 rebounds for him, 4 steals as well, no turnovers. Franz Wagner is just was just really, really good. Had his shot going early. Uh, you know, some awkward finishes. I, 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 you know, he had, he was one for three from the foul line. He should be getting to the foul line at least five, six. I don't think he's Paolo good, but Paolo's still averaging around eight free throw attempts per game. But he should be getting to the line five, six times per game. If there is one thing that I have to say Franz Wagner needs to continue improving on, it is, uh, it is getting to the foul line, seeking contact out. Not trying to finish around guys, but trying to finish through guys. And again, when you're dealing with a shot blocker like Walker Kessler, you gotta be the one to hit first. You gotta hit him first. You gotta make you gotta make him make contact with you before he can get to the ball and kind of knock him off balance. The Magic did not do a good job with that. Wendell Carter had some moments with that. Mo Wagner much less consistent with that. Um, but you've got to be the one to make contact and, and really push them, push him off the block. Franz was fantastic, 26 points, plus 14 in the game. In the game, you lose by four and are trailing for most of the game. Franz Wagner kept this team in the game. I I will not have much bad to say other than just the general thing that he needs to continue working to get more contact. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, a decent game, 19 points, 8 for 16 shooting, just 1 for 5 from deep, only 4 rebounds. Uh, He did foul out. He had 4 turnovers as well. Um, Paolo... Definitely settled in this game. Uh, wasn't able to get to the basket as much. He was at his best when he was getting to the basket. Um, get to the paint. Live in the paint, my dude. Um, the three-point shooting, I, I, you need him taking it, so I, I'm not going to be so upset with that. The big thing with him, and, and this is a big thing with everyone, the Magic need a second rebounder. Wendell Carter is the only one rebounding right now. Wendell Carter is the only one consistently getting boards. They need a second rebounder. Uh, Wendell Carter, for the record, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 4 offensive rebounds. Really, really active on the glass. He had to guard Laurie Markkinen most of the night. Him and Franz Wagner kind of tag-teamed on Laurie Markkinen to very mixed effect. Um, but the biggest mistake the Magic made, honestly, if, if we're going to do a, go to like focus on clutch time, the biggest mistake was not having Wendell Carter box out Walker Kessler and relying on Mo Bamba to do it. Mo Bamba is not a good rebounder. Um, you know, he ends up with Four rebounds in the game, including two offensive rebounds. So he will get his share. He will get his numbers. But he is not a good rebounder. And and, and that is still... That is still a major problem for this team. Um, you know, again, I don't think rebound... By the numbers, rebounding is not an issue. Rebounding is an issue for this team. Um, in big moments against big players, when they don't... When the Magic do not have the size advantage, rebounding is a problem. And, and you know, again, it's not that Orlando is big. They are tall. They have 
They 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 can handle most teams with their with their size and their length. A team like Utah with Laurie Markinen and Walker Kessler with kind of that traditional four five lineup, those teams can give them problems um, because they don't play with the physicality they always need. Um, Wendell Carter thought was plenty physical. I'm not going to hit him on that, but I would say a lot of other players really struggled uh, on that front. Um, Marco Fultz, this was honestly Marco Fultz's worst game of the season, I think. Eight points, four for nine shooting, over two from deep, six assists, four turnovers. Just honestly, he turned it on in the fourth quarter when the Magic started making their run and, and, and made some really nice plays, but he was, it really, and I think he was engaged and, and fighting defensively at least when he was on the ball. Um, you know, off the ball, both he and Paolo, I thought, really struggled tracking their shooters at times. Um, but Mark, uh, I would say the problem with faults in this game was it just it was just too like the, the attention to detail wasn't there. That's the best way I could put it. From what I saw, you know, Fultz wasn't super. Not that he was engaged. I, I don't know what the right word is to say, but he something was off. He wasn't running the team as as well as he typically does, and and wasn't making the best decisions all night. It just it just felt like it was kind of a la- a lazy game, uh, uh, in some respects. Um, I got a shout out Mobamba. I know he made the big mistake at the end. Five points, four rebounds though. He made some really big plays before giving up that rebound to Walker Kessler. And and again, rebounding is a Mobamba weakness. He needs to be a better rebounder. Plain and simple. He needs to be a better rebounder. Um, that is a huge weakness for him. It's always been a huge weakness for him. It's, it's just, it, he did a lot of, but he still did a lot of good things. He got the late call. Um, played the entire fourth quarter, so maybe some fatigue there too, because Bull Bull was pretty ineffective. Four points, two for seven shooting, not really active defensively, not really using his length to, to change shots. Um, you know, was essentially shooting a ton for most of this game. Uh, but just Mobamba gave them really good minutes at the end. It was a key part of the run that helped the Magic get back in the game. Um, I, I don't think one bad box out should 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 break that, but you know, again. It was a big play, and it was and it was an inexcusable play. You got to get that rebound. Again, Orlando shoots forty three point eight percent from the floor, thirty eight point nine percent from three point land. The problem in this game was the free throw line. Orlando just ten for sixteen from the foul line, and that's a problem on two fronts. First, Orlando is a really good three free throw shooting team. They're shooting about eighty. They're shooting in the low eighties and free and uh, free throw percentage. To miss six free throws is really really tough. To miss six free throws when you don't get to the line as much as you're used to getting to is a huge problem. A huge problem. And Orlando has to get to the line. And and I will agree with most. This was a terribly officiated game. I, 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 I could go over the number of fouls. Orlando was called for 25 fouls in this game. Utah was called for just 18. I find it really hard to believe that the team that is fifth in the league in free throw rate, isn't getting fouled with the amount of times they go to the basket. A team that's shooting 52 field goal attempts in the paint, you're, I am having a hard time believing that team didn't get fouled a little bit more and shouldn't have been at the line a little bit more. Laurie Markkinen shot 21 free throws by himself, 17 for 21. And look, the Magic fouled him. I, I don't think they were necessarily bad calls. I think that there were some very soft calls. I think there's you know a lot of touch fouls and a lot of fouls that, that weren't getting called necessarily on the Magic's end. Um, but the Magic did not get the benefit of the whistle tonight. Uh, and there were some real iffy calls. Um, I, I have to say, like, I 
Y'all, I, I I don't blame the refs for the loss. The Magic lost this game. They didn't need the refs' help to lose this game. But boy, did did there were there were some really questionable calls. The goaltend in the first quarter, Walker Kessler, almost one of his blocks was almost certainly a goaltend. Franz Wagner shot it off the backboard, was fouled. Kessler blocked the shot. It, it wasn't, I guess, because it was fouled, wasn't recorded as a block. But but it was a clear goaltend. Should have been two points in free throws. Instead, Franz Wagner misses both free throws. Four-point game. That play kind of mattered. It was kind of an important play that snuck under the radar. Um, uh, you know, it, it's it's stuff like that. It's thing it, there. It are, it is things like that, and, and you could just see the magic getting very frustrated because they were getting to the basket. They were doing all the things they normally do, and they weren't getting to the foul line. Um, and uh, you know. I would say Orlando didn't adjust to how the officials were calling it. I would say that the officials called it very inconsistently. All you ask for from from officials is define what a foul is and call it the same way the whole game. By the end of the game, like there were touch fouls that weren't being called in the first quarter that were being called all of a sudden and constantly. Um, it was a very very disjointed game, and you know I I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, you know. It, I certainly agree that there were a few calls that I would have liked to see Jamal Mosley go pick up a technical foul for, and let the officials know that that you know this that 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 you know you you gotta call the game fair and, and just kind of wake them up to that, even if it costs you a couple thousand dollars. Um, it, it it was just it was frustrating, and honestly, like, and this is the part of the problem with having a young team. This is part of the problem with the Magic right now is that frustration wore on their faces. Why did why did Utah build an eleven point lead in the first quarter? Have a nine point lead out of the first quarter? It was because the Magic were frustrated that they weren't getting the calls that they've become accustomed to getting to that they rely on to score consistently. Um, and so that that is again something this Magic team has to have. I know I've said this before. I think on the pod, um, the Magic have to find a way to diversify their offensive attack. They rely too much on things they can't control. Fouling, you know, free throws are things they cannot control. Um, they get to the paint a lot. And they did they did that. It, in this game against Utah, um, but obviously not nearly effective enough. Um, again, I, I don't want to harp on the officiating too much. It was not a well-officiated game, in my opinion. Utah still deserved to win the game. Orlando lost this game. The refs were the refs. The Magic learned how to live with it. They gave themselves a chance to win. They had the lead late. They, need to, they needed to execute. They needed to make shots at the end of the day. That's all that matters. That's how you win basketball games. You don't win it because the officials made bad calls. At the end of the day, officials made right calls. You know, the Jordan Clarkson thing was a flagrant foul. Uh, I, I thought that was 100% the right call. I did not think he kicked his leg out. Um, that was 100% the right call. The Magic cost themselves this game with, again, those little plays that built up over the course of time. Laurie Markkinen leads Utah with 28 points. Jordan Clarkson with 23 on 8 for 21 shooting clean, 1 for 8 from beyond the arc. Again, this is the difference in the game. Rebounds. Markkinen had 12 rebounds. Jordan Clarkson had 12 rebounds. Walker Kessler had 9 rebounds. Jared Vanderbilt had 9 rebounds. Utah was just much more active and first of the ball off the glass. That's going to help you win basketball games. That's going to help you make up for a really poor three-point shooting effort, an uncharacteristically poor three-point shooting effort. For one of these teams, it was going to be a game where they won when they didn't do the things they normally do to win. Utah was the one that had more points at the end, and that's why they won the game. The Magic will close this road trip out on Sunday against the Denver Nuggets. We'll have coverage of that game on our next episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. 
You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Snapple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himway, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places in a lot of podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Monday through Friday, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's good to do for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, dealing with Locked On Magic, this week, we'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.